You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Supercar season gets underway very soon with the first event at Newcastle. But as I mentioned, the testing uh, run-up at Sydney Motorsport Park has been really interesting. Great to see the Gen 3 cars hit the track, but there's going to be a fair bit of debate. On the line, piloting a Ford Mustang for Penrite Racing again this season. 2017 Bathurst champion David Reynolds joins us. G'day, David. Hey, Matty. How's it going? Good. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the good stuff first of all, because gee, it was good to see those cars out there. It's always interesting when supercars gives birth to a new era, and that's what happens. So, talk to me about the cars themselves, the flames coming back out, the entire difference of Mustang v Camaro this year. Yeah, it's um, a completely new car where we're sort of getting getting the hang of and. You know, any anytime supercars do something like drastically like this, it's really cool for the sport because it you know mixes up the result. You know, there's new, there's different teams that have different you know styles of how they set up the car, so they might they might get on a setup early. But when you just look at the cars for a spectator point of view, they look a heap, heap better. They're much lower, much wider, and they bloody sound amazing. They sound way better than last year's cars. So yeah, we just got to learn how to drive them. They're not the funnest things to drive. It's like they've <laughs> You know, they've taken all the aero off, so they've wind the clock back 20 years on that. But, um, yeah, there's, there's still a lot to learn about them. So you've just given us a really good view of the cars, and that's what I wanted to ask you about, because sometimes the changes, Davey, are subtle. You, you've really got to stick your head in and have a good look around. But these cars look yeah. different, sound different, feel different. And obviously, from your perspective, so why are they so hard? What's the hard part to drive about your car? Well, like, you know, over the last 10 years, we've sort of got more aerodynamics, more aero, more aero over the years, and now they've just basically taken it all away from us. And, you know, so when we go to turn into a corner, the car's moving around the rear. Um, it almost wants to spin you out of control all the time. So during the race, I assume when we start racing these cars, there'll be a lot more mistakes from drivers when their tyres get a bit fried. Um, and they're just like really hard, intense cars to drive. So yeah, it's um it's going to be a much better spectacle, I think. So you're going to have to work harder, mate. You're going to have to you're going to have to sharpen up your skills. And it, what does it mean for yep. a driver and what you've got to do? Because if if you came to me, I'm I'm guaranteeing if I was your team boss, you would come to me after every session and say, "Give me more aero and give me more grip." And if you've got less of the above, then what do you have to do to counteract that? <laughs> yeah, well, we're still working that part out. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> and even in the old car, you always want more grip and more aero and everything. So the whole idea of motor racing is you build the best and fastest car your team can build. And then you employ fast drivers like myself, hopefully, that can drive it to the limit. And that's what wins your races. But generally, 90% of the job is done by our car itself. It's not really done by the driver. It's done by the team in the car. So you know, it's a much bigger team sport than anyone could ever ever think about but then what do you have to so, change right. mate do you, do you have to break later do you have to have be on the throttle more do you have to adjust your mindset do you have to be fitter what is it 
Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's motor racing's pretty simple in my regard. Try and break as late as you can, carry as much corner speed as you can, and get out of the corner as fast as you can. Um, but there's obviously you know physics and limitations that won't let you do that. One being uh, mental. So when you're going flat out into a corner, um, breaking late's a bit of a challenge mentally to do because anyone can break early, but then you just, you're sort of losing time. So you know if you combat your fears in the car, you break later. Um, it's harder to do. The car moves around more. Doesn't really like it. And then you're trying to slow the car up to get the best exit or get the best entry and exit out of the corner. So you know that that entails the setup of the car, which you know it's there's a million and there's you know 50 million types of different setups you can run in a car. So selecting the best one for yourself on the track and the tire you're on, it's um it's a real art and science to it. It's it's really really difficult. So you're in a Mustang, which means that you're down the back of the bus when you look at the timesheets, which means that there's which means that there's a blue on already. There's a fight on already. So the Camaros come out, they set the top eight fastest times in the afternoon session. In fact, there were only there was only Todd Hayeswood, the only Ford in the top twelve, and you finished a little bit further down. So now what's yeah. going to happen for our listeners who aren't tuned into supercars is they're going to go out and try and work out a way to get parity, which is an ugly word because it's just so technical. But give us the explanation yeah. of how you try and make now the Mustang be up near the same times as the Camaro because it's meant to be a parity sport. It's meant to be equal footing, even though there's two different manufacturers. It, it really it's It's supposed to be... Um... It's supposed to be a paratized sport, like a one sort of one make formula that everyone can follow. That you know everyone can win on their day if they you know deliver a proper car and drive the car. Okay, but right now it stands. We don't have that at all. We've got you know two manufacturers, um, the Chev and our Ford cars, and the Ford cars are probably about six to eight tenths slower. Which in our game that is literally a different sport. You might as well not compete with these other people because you can't compete with them. You know with that that deficit of time it's like if you were to play a team in nrl and the other team's allowed to take drugs and you weren't allowed to take drugs you know 99 percent of the time the blokes that are taking drugs are probably going to win because they'll be fitter and stronger and you know do everything better so that's basically what we're fighting against we're fighting against um another car that you know with one arm tied behind our back it's mm. literally you know it's going to be a very very difficult year but as long as i've been in this sport there's always been some sort of you know, difference within the cars. Um, and it's only really been on my side of the fence where it's actually helped me maybe twice in my life. And that was 2015 when they built the FGX. Yep. And then 2018 when they built the Commodore ZB. Every other time, I think I've always been on the losing side. So <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, it's really not a fun time when there's a massive, massive deficit like this. Um, you know, that is, that is huge. Like, when we we went into the week into that test day and we assumed they were about a second faster, um, but the supercars gave us a bigger restrictor so we could have a bit more engine speed, and they also took a little bit of gear cut time out of the the, the Camaro, which slows them down down the straight. So e- trying to equal a difference out, but that only helped about two or three tenths of a second. So there's still like six to you know seven tenths of a second that we're missing. Mm. So hopefully, 
they've got two weeks to sort it out. Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty dismal year for us. It's going to, and it's going to be ugly at Newcastle if they don't sort it out. And we should point out, David, with the legal people listening, you're not suggesting the Camaros are, are on steroids, right? You're just pointing out the no, analogy no, no. and painting <laughs> painting the picture for us. Yeah, now, exactly. It's nothing to do with that. It's just about the homologation process. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the car has... The two cars have a different engine and different body. So even though everything else is fundamentally the same, they're the two biggest components in our sport. It's obviously engine and the body shape, how it cuts through the air and makes the aerodynamics. It's so here's, obviously completely different car to car. And here's the interesting thing, and I want to know if you've ever done one of these, the straight line speed evaluation. So essentially what, they, what they'll do is they'll go, I'm, I'm assuming, to Avalon Airport down there. They'll find an airport. They'll put the Mustang and the and the Camaro side by side. They will race them down or they'll do them individually. You'll hit, say, what, 250 Ks, and then you'll take your foot off the accelerator and see where you're going to finish without any braking. That's that's the old way of doing the evaluation, and then you can adjust certain parts of the car just in terms of aerodynamics. Have you ever done a, a, an evaluation like that, and what benefit do you reckon they get out of it, and how weird is that? It's a very, very strange time. I did the FGX back in 2015, started 2015, and it was the most boring five days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you start off at 40, you start off at 40 k's, yeah. like going slowly on them, and that sort of gets your baseline um, aerodynamic position in the car with all the damper pots and everything. And then you speed up to 200 k's now, hold 200 k's now for a little bit, which gets all your aerodynamic numbers with the damper pot. And then you literally push, push the clutch in and then you coast down to 40Ks again, which that gives you your drag numbers. So wow. it's a sort of okay way to do it, but it's not super accurate. And that implies all the, the fallacies, I suppose, we have with our sport that you know, this car has this, this car has that, that car does that. It's it's not really the – it's the cheapest way to do it, but it's not the best way. The Jeez. best way to do it is in a wind tunnel. I've got Formula 1 news, but they are very expensive, and I don't think there's one in Australia. That process goes against everything – that is in built into you as a race car driver. You drive a rent a car more aggressive than that. All right, mate, I'm going to let you go just beforehand. What's what else is going on in your world? How's life as a dad? Yeah, life as a dad's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I highly recommend it. Um, we've got another one due in about eight weeks. So yeah, hopefully it doesn't come on race weekend. Otherwise, <laughs> my life's going to be even more hell. But I can't wait for it. It's going to be unreal. All right, good luck for the season ahead, mate. Thanks, Maddie. Cheers.